It's Monday. It's your girl Candy K. Lynn. And right now I'm by myself waiting on Mr. Shaw. And it's six o'clock, so you know what time it is. We pull up every Monday here on DFWIRadio.com and we talk sports, hip hop, and news. We don't talk about people, we just talk about the headlines. So, guys, if you're joining us today, you are if you're aware of everything that's going on in the world. We are dealing with COVID nineteen still. Um, the return of sports is coming in, in a variety of different ways. So just a quick brief of what we've seen in the last week or so around the sports world. Um, we'll talk about that today. I'll talk about some of the COVID-19 updates and how COVID-19 is, will, is and will affect sports. Um, as well as we will talk about Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys in this first half of the show. So thank you guys for joining us as always. I hope you guys are keeping you and your family safe during this difficult time. And I'm going to go ahead and get into it. So over the weekend, D.L. Hughley, comedian, was on stage in Nashville, Tennessee, and we saw him pass out. There's literally video of D.L. Hughley passing out on the stage. After going to the hospital, D.L. Hughley was tested for COVID-19. They are saying he has COVID-19. So this is just a reality kind of reality check for the most of us as the the states are beginning to reopen, especially here in the South. Um, we opened a lot quicker than other states, places like New York. They're just getting to phase two of reopening here in Texas. Um, we are at phase two already passed where people are back in the restaurants, not at full capacity. But they were in Tennessee in a comedy club. So once the person that's on stage who wasn't wearing a mask passed out, that means everybody that was possibly in contact with him needs to be tested. Not only did that happen there in Oklahoma, we also saw during Tulsa, during the comeback rally for the president, that his staff, six of his staffers, also tested positive for COVID-19. So we are seeing this still with celebrities. We are seeing this around the White House continuously. Um, as far as sports goes, as we are trying to get the athletes back into practice, um, the University of Texas had 13 athletes that tested positive for COVID. So you're you're bringing people in. We don't know what they were doing prior. We don't know, you know, they're coming out of states that, like Alabama, that never went shelter in place. And you're bringing these students back onto these college campuses. Clemson had players that tested positive. I'm in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. There were high school students as high school kids are beginning to get back into the field of things, they've also tested positive. So just be mindful as we're trying to like regain our normalcy in life because it's been difficult. We also have to continue to be safe and understand that they're saying the coronavirus is like a watered-down version of the flu, but we're seeing people lose their lives from it. So if we can avoid taking risks as much as possible, we should do that. And do your best you know, to, to limit your exposure to people. That's just the reality. It's not easy, but during that time, make sure that you're taking care of yourself mentally as well as physically. So also with COVID-19, we're also experiencing the country shifting since the killing of George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey. We've seen Americans come together. We're seeing the protests um, and the protests have con continued for, our, for over 20 days. So that is another reason we're seeing a second spread of COVID. Houston has a large onset of the covid as well, I'm seeing the numbers are trending there day by day. But a lot of this is going on because America refuses to acknowledge the voices. 
They refuse to acknowledge that racism does take place. Systematic racism has been an issue and will forever be an issue until we do something about it here in this country. So with the deaths of George Floyd, we've seen officers be arrested in a a more timely manner than normal. Um, Ahmaud Arbery, we saw vigilantes take the law into their own hands. We've seen them be arrested. We know that trials will still have to take place. Then we turn around and we had the Rashard Brooks situation in Atlanta after Atlanta had already fired six officers for, you know, police brutality. So just be mindful as we're kind of watching all of these things take place and people are coming forward now and they're, they're being honest and they're saying racism is something that's taking place. And so with that, we, we're hoping that it's going to change, but even in the sports world where they're calling for the flags in Mississippi to be the flag basically to be redone because the Confederate symbols are on the flag for the entire state. So the only thing that people understand in order to get something accomplished seems to be resistance. And with that, um, Conference USA and the NCAA has decided that they will not hold any conference championships there in Mississippi until the flag is changed. And what that basically means is those those tournaments, anytime there's a championship being held in your state, that brings funds into your state, that brings tax dollars into your state. And the only way we're seeming to get some understanding is by saying, hey, we're going to withhold your money. So we will see how these things play out. We've seen the athletes come out and say, I'm not willing to play. Um, college athletes are standing up and demanding different things. So we will continue to keep you guys kind of up to date and on pace to kind of see how that works out as well. Now, as a whole on here, we normally do not talk about NASCAR. Um, One, NASCAR is not something that our fans normally are interested in. I'm not interested in. Shawtime Shaw is not interested in. But because of the racism that continues to present itself, NASCAR is on the map with Bubba Wallace, who is the only African-American that is a part of NASCAR, using his voice to ask that the Confederate flag be removed. The NASCAR did hear him, um, and the flags were removed. But down in Talladega this weekend where they're racing, which if you're not familiar with at least the movie Talladega Nights, Talladega in, is in Alabama. And there was allegedly, reports have said that there was a noose found in Bubba Wallace's Um, garage. And so that has brought national attention to NASCAR in the least positive way. But what NASCAR racers, what what his peers did at NASCAR um, before the start of Talladega does show where we are making some progress in this country. They all came together and stood behind him as they pushed car 43 to the front. So we're also watching as that plays out. The last time I checked today, um, and I can check later in the show, he was in 19th place. But if you know anything about NASCAR, I feel like it takes forever. They just go around in a circle. So we will see where he comes out and finishes in this race. But we should be, I mean, it's NASCAR. I don't expect anything else. And that's the best way that I can describe how I feel about the noose being found in the garage at Talladega in Alabama for the one black player the black racer in your sports. I didn't expect anything else in Alabama. So that that's where we are as far as 
sports goes. Now, we talked about last week, if I'm not mistaken, we talked about the NBA being in the process of trying to get the season started. And in the process of getting the season started, some of the players had started coming out saying they weren't sure, you know, pretty much how they felt about it, although they'd reached an agreement of going to Orlando, down to Disney, getting the season restarted. Um, now we find we have found out as of today the players have until tomorrow to Wednesday. Today's Monday. So they have until Wednesday to decide whether or not they are going to show up and report with their teams to start the season. Now, the way that they are explaining that this will work is they have to report by when they they have until Wednesday to say if they're going to play. So does the WNBA. But if they don't report with the team at the start of the season, the team can pick up substitute players and these players wouldn't have an opportunity to rejoin their team. And Trevor Ariza is the only player so far that they've stated will not be joining his team, and that is due to the fact that his window of opportunity for spending time with his son is only a month. So he is choosing to be a dad, which I think is commendable, and lose out on one, between $1 million and $1.8 million um, of dollars in order to fulfill his commitment with his time to his son. So um, we will see as we move forward with professional sports. Um, there is a female basketball player as well who has decided that she will not be participating. Um, she will not be participating with her team as well in Florida. And be, let's remember, we would all like to see sports, especially here on this show. You know, the tidbits of sports is a little bit difficult to kind of have conversations around, but everybody's overall health is a big concern, especially when Florida was one of the states that opened up really quick in the phasing of how they opened. People have flocked to the beaches there in South Florida, and the virus is, just like I said, in Houston, there's been an outbreak. There is a large influx of numbers there in South Florida as well. And yes, the players are going to be, what they're saying, in a bubble. But again, we've been in a bubble since March, and so we have to be mindful as these athletes make decisions for their their health and overall longevity. It is bigger than this this right now moment um, that regards that's regarding finances for a league. And the WNBA players, John Quill Jones, who was the number six draft pick um, in the WNBA draft, and she leads all statistical categories, but she's not going. If you guys are on live, feel free to give us a call. We would love to chit-chat with you. You can, or you listening on DFWIRadio.com. You can call in and join the conversation at 214-317-4855. Some of the biggest news um, we've talked about, the athletes, what people don't understand. This is also um, giving the athletes a time to focus on other things that are important to them, when you have journalists that tell athletes like LeBron James to shut up and dribble, you are fueling their fire to leave a lasting impact. And I'm not talking about LeBron because LeBron has already created a lane for LeBron to be solidified in world history as an icon. But last night they did a, a, a tribute of some sort. Um, they did an SBC a little bit different than we're normally used to seeing where Rapino Wilson, uh, Megan Rapino that plays U.S. soccer, Russell Wilson, and Sue Bird, who plays in the WNBA, hosted. And 
Kevin Love was given the acceptance award. He accepted the award, Courage Award for vulnerability after he discussed his mental health. And the reason that those things are so important, because like LeBron is building a lane for himself with his school, he's building a lane in production, telling our stories. Um, the Madam C.J. Walker story that was on Netflix this year. He was a part of that. KD is in the, you know, has the, his shows. Steph Curry is, is doing golf. These athletes are showing that their their talents are so much larger than this. And so the Kevin Love piece, if you get an opportunity to go back and watch it, is so interesting because so many other young kids who could relate to his story of experiencing anxiety. And even bringing to light what anxiety is and how important it is to handle mental health, which as we go through COVID-19, this is one of those things that the world was not acknowledging. We expected athletes to be able to come out and to perform at every level of the game. And we, we forget that they're human. And so them awarding Kevin Love the Courage Award for discussing his mental health. And if I'm not mistaken, um, a, a port, someone else has discussed it as well as a professional athlete. So also um, other athletes to take consideration of and take a look at some of the things that they are um, doing. Russell Wilson, I mean, Russell, Russell Westbrook, Blake Griffin and Julius Jones are also a part of different struggles. They're fighting, I'm sorry, for Julius Jones, who is a young African-American male who's serving time in the Oklahoma State Prison um, Penitentiary. He was convicted of first-degree murder in 2002, and so they are also now taking part in helping the Julius Jones Coalition, a group established in 2019, in order to get assistance for and some of these cases of innocence. And we've seen that with Project Innocence, where they are, there are a lot of people that are incarcerated in this country that are wrongfully incarcerated. And with the assistance of professional athletes like Blake Griffin, Russell Westbrook, Trey Young, Buddy Hyde, and Baker Mayfield, that gives financial resources and brings a light to the story of these wrongful convictions and how young men have spent 20 years of their life on death row anticipating execution for a crime that they are, they've been consistent about saying they did not commit. And if you're not familiar with these type of stories, or with the Julius Jones story, which you can Google, Just Mercy is available on Amazon Prime for free. So for people who are sometimes having a hard time really understanding why we're having these conversations, why we keep referring back to the social injustice that's taking place and the systematic racism, it is because these things are happening every single day across the country where African-American men, men are being incarcerated on crimes that they did not commit and they are being given a, a death sentence for something that they didn't do. Meanwhile, there are criminals who are still roaming free because the justice system has decided that this is who we're going to charge. And we're going to levy the playing field on this individual because there is no finances. So to be poor in this country and to be of the wrong skin tone can get you a life sentence. So bringing attention to what Colin Kaepernick started again, we go back to in 2016, is because there are so many of these situations that you never see because you're not dealing with them day to day. Shaz Am Shah, are you in the building? I'm in the building. You're in the building. So Shaz Am Shah is in the building, guys. We were, I was just going over with them how during this time, athletes are using their time wisely and they're finding different causes to lend their time and their money to. Mm -hmm. um, 
as they're building their names and platforms outside of just sports. And that's what so, you got to do. I mean, are you, you know, are you, what is your brand? You know, are you just a, a sports figure or are you bigger than that, right? And if you have a name, let me, let me not say you should be bigger than that because that's how I feel, right? Charles Barkley, I'm not going to say wasn't bigger. Like, Charles Barkley probably, he said he wasn't a role model, right? So, so that doesn't mean that he didn't want people to look at him, but... In certain situations, I feel like when you have a spotlight on you, you have to say something, right? One of the most powerful songs out right now is Lil Baby, The Bigger Picture. And basically, Baby's song is like, you know, I have a, I have a platform. I got to say something. I have to do something. And I might not be the perfect person to say that, you know. I, I might talk about killing and drugs, and my, but this is this is the opportunity to put a, a light on what's going on. And, and I think you lose the right of whether you should or shouldn't once you become... A person with money because you now had that platform and you i'm not gonna say you owe it to everybody who's who's who, who's your color or from the same race as you but giving back is always what you should want to do and the only and, and the way to give back right now to stand up and saying something so it's 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 a different level of pressure right now right growing up it wasn't this level of pressure on athletes right if you stood for something, you stood for something. You didn't, you didn't. Now it's like, what do you stand for? People are judging you off what you stand for, right? And and is that a bad thing? Maybe, maybe not. But the one thing I was told, either you stand for something or you file for everything. And at this point, we've been led to believe we need to file for everything. So as a African-American male or female in America, at this point, you have to stand. You, you don't have a, you don't have a choice, right? Like we and that's not a bad thing. We've taken the choice away if you stand or not. Plain and simple, we we, we had to take that choice away because at this point in the climate that we're in, and and something that's been going on for years, we need to find a way to make the change so our kids don't go through the same thing. And that and that's what everybody is starting to realize. It's not about us. We 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 going through it already. How do we make sure our kids don't go through the same thing? So for every athlete that doesn't stand up for something or, or, or stand up for something or has a platform, you know, or, or doesn't use their platform the way it needs to be used. You, you, you should understand why people aren't, aren't, aren't looking at you the same way or, or don't show you the same love that you used to receive because we are in a climate where you have to stand up and, and everyone who has a platform has to stand up and, and it being taken away the right to choose whether you want to stand or not was critical because we are at the point to where we need change, right? Like it, it, it doesn't matter how you feel about what's going on. It, it can't continue to go on. Our kids should not have to go through this, right? Their kids should not have to go through this because you are a black man in America. You should not be gunned down. Have your knee on, and somebody little girls being kidnapped at all time high. So it's easy to kill a black man, but you can't find these people to kidnap kids, right? And and it, you you gotta know is 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 it's planned, right? Not that that thing that you because they're just not picking up kids. They're they're stalking them, they're watching them. You can you can find a black man in the street that's not doing much to harm anybody, but you can't find the people that's picking up kids and kidnap kidnap kids. Well, so here's the thing, Mr. Shaw. I think what people. From my personal experience, I, I am a studier and very much aware of a lot of the knowledge, but people don't understand, and these are conversations that I've been having. The two go together, killing black men, imprisoning black men, and, and stealing black children. You know why? It's all financial profits. 
Right. And when people understand that the prison system, the prison system is a financial gain. It's a private. They turned it into a private industry for financial gain. Mm-hmm. And when you have people making money, they're going to do what it takes to get people in that system to continue to make their money. So whether it was dropping off the crack, dropping off the cocaine in the 80s that they were smart enough to turn into crack cocaine. So now our areas are infiltrated with crack cocaine. You got a chance to to commit genocide at the same time you were imprisoning as well as destroying our culture. Mm -hmm. Now you're stealing the black girls and not only are African-American girls being stolen, so are African-American boys and they're being sold into sex trafficking. Our kids are not just randomly disappearing. Sex trafficking is a big business. And Ashley and Jaquavius Davis have a book called Murderville where they describe this. So this culture of them having these underground parties, Mm -hmm. right? And you're, you're basically selling sex. These girls have been stolen and they're sold into sex trafficking where you keep them drugged and you keep them moving around so they never know what city there is. And places like Atlanta is a major hub for sex trafficking. DC is a hub for sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. So until, you know, and T.I., if you listen to Expeditiously, T.I. has a episode where he talks to Tyler Perry. And that is probably one of the most important conversations that have taken place in our culture that people don't know because they're not getting the information. Where Tyler Perry and T.I. talk about, that's something that Tyler Perry is working on um, building those resources to help young girls who come out of sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. T.I. is working with the governor there in Atlanta, who he does not agree with on a lot of things, but they're coming to the table together to figure out what is it that we can do about sex trafficking. So in this fight of justice, there are a multitude of ways to use your, your talents, your skills, um, to get these messages across. True. You, you don't you don't have to you know and there's athletes and celebrities that have been in the streets. There are people that are going to protest. We have to have money. So there's people that are going to give money. There's going to be people that have there's been um, celebrities that have said, hey, I'm going to help register people to vote. I'm trying to register one million black men. So in order for us not to be, you know, this is just a repeat of of the six the 50s and the 60s. We stopped fighting through the 80s and the 90s because we thought everything was okay. Did we really? We did. Did we really? We stopped the 70s and the 80s. We didn't see the same type of progressive fight that because we saw. They, they, put coke in, they put coke in our community. They put crack in our community. Exactly. They got us distracted. Right. So so it, it never stopped. It never stopped. And that that's my one point to everybody. It never stopped. The only way it stops if if, like, now, now is the best chance for us to stop it because you, again, anyone... Even, 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 even white American stuff, you don't have a choice. You, you stand with us or you're against us, right? And it's not to say, well, we're going to, but that is, that is either you're with black lives mattering or you're not, right? And I'm not talking about a movement. I'm talking about in general, right? I'm talking about people. Do you care about people? And that, and that's what, what is, what we're boiled down to. It's going to show who cares about people. Cause all we're asking is that we get the same rights that everybody else gets. Get treated the exact same way in the, ju- in the justice system that everybody else gets. We're not asking for anything more than anyone else gets, and, and that's it, right? And if we can't, we we have to find a way to come to a, a solution, no matter what happens, no matter because they're gonna t- throw different things at us to maneuver away from what's what matters. Black lives not dying is what matters. So black lives matter, right? 
has to use their platform now. You, 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 after Drew Brees, a white man was shown that, you know, it's not about disrespecting the flag. It's about making sure that a young black man can go to school and come home and won't be killed because how he looks, how he's dressed, right? He's going to be given the same opportunity that, 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 that a white man who's had a bad day is. We're going to talk to him. We're going to conversate with him. We're going to make sure everything, you know, given this, we're just asking for the same. We're asking to be treated the exact same way that you treat everyone else. Right. I don't think we're asking. I think I think America is seeing by the protests in the street, which is something that I talked about at the start of the show. I think that they're starting to see that Americans, not just African-Americans, Americans, Americans are demanding that you get your foot off of our net because you you've you've built a society that's based for only a few to survive and thrive. Mm-hmm. And the reason that a lot of Americans or people like Drew Brees, once you elevate out of that bubble, they can forget and, and be mindful. Caucasian Americans don't do like we do. They're families that don't evolve. They forget their names and move on. Yeah, yeah. Right. They could care less a lot of times about their cousins that are trash. Their their siblings that become trash, you know, drug issues. For them, those things don't exist because they distance themselves from them. But for the rest of the world where you're middle class or you're not even middle class and you're white America that's poor, those same systematic systems that have affected African-Americans have affected you, too. Mm -hmm. But you've been taught, well, your brother just didn't do what he was supposed to do or your sister was a drug addict or whatever the case may be. They a lot of times cover it up until now that they're starting to see, well, you know, this person committed this low level crime here. And because we didn't have money and we couldn't afford bail, you know, the sibling has been railroaded for 15 years in a system. Whereas that same crime with someone who has money, they get probation. Mm-hmm. So it's America can paint the picture of just being a race thing. This is a class thing. And as African-Americans, we've been hit harder because, OK, well, let's continue to figure out how can we keep them down? I for sure, we. It's no longer a race thing. It's a people thing, right? It 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 is a people thing. Do you care about people? Do you love people? And that's what it boils down to. There's nothing else for me personally to to discuss or think about. Like it, that that that's where we're at. We're asking to be treated the same way any other person. And like you said, no longer asking. It's it's been taken to that point that you, you that we're no longer asking because nothing's right. changing. And so why ask when nothing's changing? You have to, you you have to, you have to be forceful when you've asked and nothing's changed for years. Now we're not talking five, ten, fifteen, twenty. We're almost a hundred years and nothing has changed. You got to be forceful. And and what they're seeing, you can be forceful without being disrespectful, without being rude, without putting well, your hands it, on people. You can't you can't be forceful without being disrespectful and rude. Because what's disrespectful I mean, you don't, is you rude. can you can be you you don't have to be rude to set someone straight. Nor do you have to be cuz just because they feel it's disrespectful don't mean it's disrespectful. Well, people you feel, know Karen Karen doesn't understand anything but disrespect. Karen, okay? Just just because that's how Karen feels doesn't mean, make Karen right. Protesting does not mean you're disrespectful, right? Right. But what I'm saying is when you're dealing with Karen, I have to disrespect Karen cuz Karen is disrespecting me. Right. In order to get Karen to get some understanding that she needs to mind her business. It is, so is it disrespectful to me to tell Karen to mind her business? No. Sometimes sometimes I may have to tell Karen in a nasty way to mind her business. Karen. Because if, 
Karen, what that got to do with you? Now, mind your business. It, right. I, I really don't feel like me telling Karen to mind her business is me being disrespectful. Mind your business, Karen. It, 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 it ain't got nothing to do. Mind your business. All right, now, right. listen, so pull as up. A, I, as I, an African-American male, you may tell Karen to mind her business that way, but Karen is also going to walk off and call the police on you. As an African-American woman, I'm not handling Karen the same way you're going to handle Karen. Karen can call the police on me. I got my ID now. I ain't got no warrants. Let's do it. Let's do When you ain't got no warrants, you talk differently to the police. Come on. Come here, Mr. Police Officer. I'm a comedian. I like to tell jokes. Karen wasn't minding her business. And Karen felt because she was a white woman or a color of the persuasion, she could talk to me as she wanted. Now, Mr. Officer, tell Karen to mind her business. We're not selling drugs. We're not smoking drugs. We're not bothering nobody. You can talk to Karen like that when you ain't got no warrants. There are a lot of black men. And, and see, that's where the difference is. I should never have to be engaged with the police on something that someone didn't simply mind their business about. But it come, it be that way, though. You, you you can't you can't you it be that way and and, it's, and that'll probably never change. But as long as you good, Karen can be as mad as she want. Karen, you you just wasted the officer's time because ain't nothing going on out here. You just want to know what's going on and it ain't your business. Okay, Karen, go back down the road with your phone and mind your business. What we we got to start treating Karen the way Karen don't want to be treated. You didn't disrespect Karen. You just told Karen to to, to get get girl like get girl like her granddaddy used to tell her to go and get girl. You dumb. Alright, that's how you did the Karen. Karen used to that. Granddaddy been telling her that for years. Okay, now pull up. I know I was late, but we finna go ahead and take a break. Alright, talk to the sponsors, get everything right. Y'all, y'all, y'all be good. We be back in about five minutes. Okay. okay.